pullover. Lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time. Your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. Welcome back to the soft shoulder. I am so grateful that you choose to spend your precious time listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Today's episode is all about being single. Now you might be single and really enjoying that. If that's the case, that is wonderful. Hang out with us, but this episode isn't quite for you. (laughs) This is an episode for people who maybe just need a little refresher. Perhaps you've been single for a while and it's just getting old. Um, Maybe it's for people who have been single for a while who are really uncomfortable with this. People who really want a relationship and are feeling a little shame, a little sad, a little loneliness. Uh, This is also for the newly single who may be startled like baby deer and they're like, oh God, no. (laughs) Do I have to do this all over again? Um, It's for anybody who is navigating this and just wants a little perspective shift. You know what? Sometimes that's all it takes. When I listen to podcasts, I'm often looking for that very thing. I just want a little perspective. I just want an idea, a friendly voice, someone to just make me feel a little bit different, see something a little differently so that I have a more positive outlook on things. And I know that there are, uh, if you ask coupled people, they might have lots of things to say about being single, how freaking great it would be to be single, (laughs) all their perceived idea. This is a real grass is greener situation. If you're in a relationship, you've been in it for a long time. When you see people who their weekends are free, they can just, you know, they can starfish the bed. They don't have to take someone else's food sensitivities into account every freaking meal. Like there's all these little things (laughs) that may be adding up uh, and it might just feel like you're constantly compromising. And singleness might look like a real freedom, like, oh my God, they're just living the life. They're just doing whatever they want. Then on the other hand, you have single people looking at, oh, a couple and they're you know, they're having dinner together or everything comes in pairs. You have to bring a date to something and you're like, oh, like, you know, or explain what, you know, everyone's asking you when you're going to meet somebody and it's just exhausting and it can be really isolating. Also, there's all these like financial benefits to getting things in pairs and it might feel like a tax on the fact that you're not dating anybody. So from either side, this is all about perspective. You could look at it like, wow, they're having it great over there and I'm not. And if you are in a relationship and listening to this, I am not going to try to convince you to become single. And I'm also want to say a disclaimer that I don't mean to imply any of the things that I'm inviting, opportunities, perspectives for people who are single. It doesn't mean that you can't do this in a relationship. So this is a big hashtag not all relationships, please. Okay, I get it. A really good relationship. Yeah, of course, you want to be a whole person, ideally free to grow as an individual in a supportive relationship. This is possible. It's not either or. But today I'm just speaking specifically uh, about that mindset, about that uh, headspace of just not having someone else to consider. So um, while it might be great to have someone who supports you in reinventing yourself. Um, If you're single and you don't have that person, you don't have to bother having that conversation. So that's, it's just not there. It's just a different uh, experience. So, um, so yes, hashtag not all relationships. And let's get back to singleness. So the perspective that I 
want to take you from and towards is like from a place of lack, that there's something missing if you're single. And I want to take you into a shift into a perspective on opportunity, that this is a really awesome time actually, and that you have an abundance of space in your life that is not being taken up by another person um, to choose to do things differently for the time being or for all time. So, you know, some of you may be thinking that this is a temporary place being single and that you are hoping to one day be partnered. And that won't be everybody. Not everybody wants to do that. In fact, this is a really good time, listener, for you to even, have you ever even asked yourself that question? You know, I think that we're, you know, I know when I grew up, it was just, there were so many things assumed. <laughs> like I heard very often when you get married and when you have kids, I heard those all the time as a kid and it just seemed like there weren't other options, but there are, and they're all valid. So take this time also to see, you know, this isn't single, isn't some side road on the way to finding the one single is just you living your life. And that is amazing. And maybe this is that period where you're just deciding that your life can be beautiful and full and satisfying and incredible. And that you may or may not have lovers, but that you don't intend to partner in that traditional way that most people may assume you're going to or bug you about at office parties or whatever. Um, so you know, if you're newly, if you're, if you're coming back onto the dating scene and it's been a while, it can be a little intimidating. Um, certainly there are probably new apps <laughs> that were not around when you were dating the first time. Maybe you never even used an app in your life and now you're back out there going like, what? Um, so, you know, I had, uh, it's funny, I had more than one person have this conversation with me where they're, they're coming back into this dating after a spell. And, you know, it was awkward, of course, right? And they they got it. They're like, yeah, this is really awkward. I'm really nervous. That's very understandable. There was lots of self-compassion, which is great. You remember compassion sauce, you could never have too much compassion sauce. It makes everything wonderful. So they knew that this was going to be awkward, but they were like, is it going to be less awkward? Like, is it going to be less hard? Is this the hard part? Like, when will I be over this hard part? And, you know, I want to say that, like, yes, yes, dating again after a long time, it's, you know, you'll be completely out of your comfort zone, right? Like, you just, you haven't been there. This is new. It's bringing up all kinds of stuff. Yes. Um, dating is also something that just... You know, if you're going in there with some hopes, you're going in there with like to get to know someone with this, you know, unspoken kind of dance around like I'm checking to see if we have attraction. I'm checking to see if we might get married. Like, you know, if you you might put that out on your profile so you know when you're going out on a date with someone, it's like we are seeing if we might be partners. This is obviously a very vulnerable activity, no matter what stage you're in. And every new date, whether it's the first one when you're back out there or the fifth one when you're back out there, depending on the person and depending how you feel that day, um, it might always be uncomfortable. <laughs> you're like, Danette, are you going to make me feel better? I hope so. Um, but you know, was she was like, you know, I can't wait till like this is all over so that like when I'm in a relationship, I won't have this stress anymore. But you know what? When you don't have the stress of being single anymore, you'll have new stress. You'll have stress about meeting your new partner's friends and family. You'll have stress about, you know, your differences of personality type or you're compatible or when you're moving in together, you'll have stress about money. You'll have stress about like, oh, we haven't had sex in X many months and now I don't know what's going on. Like there's always <laughs> going to be something to worry about. If you choose to worry about something, there will be challenges ahead. So don't feel like it's just like you're in a really special place of pain. There's, <laughs> there's special places of pain for everybody. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and so much of this is just how we're looking at it, right? Um, I uh, I'm laughing because <laughs> maybe it doesn't sound really inviting, but I um I started playing this game with myself um a few months ago that I, from a book that I read called Super Better, where I've turned my concussion brain injury healing into a game, and so some days the games you know like when you're playing a video game it's just like fireballs dragons tranquilizer darts swamps like all kinds of crap it's just there's nothing good about those things they're there to kill you they're there to slow you down they're there to hurt you to take your power away and it's just part of the game when you're playing a game you don't take it personally you just move through the swamp and then you get more resources so that you can just keep going back in there so that you can get through it eventually and it's expected when you play a game that you will do it repeatedly. Like you're not you're not just flying through the game. If it is, it's not a very well designed game. Like you want you want to go and you play a level over and over and over again and then there's the triumph of all that you learned from repeating that pattern over and over again to get through it. So I've been applying this as I um I'm collecting data on my concussion and my brain and how I'm feeling from day to day. And instead of just, you know, I sometimes I call it data and sometimes I call it my scoreboard. It's like, how's my score? I have certain high scores I try to beat, certain low scores I try to never have again. And uh, and yes, there are dragons. And yes, it is painful. And <laughs> yes, there's things slowing me down left, right and center. But if you look at it through the lens of a game, then it's just, it's just part of it. And then your mind is like, okay, like, so now what do I do? Like, do I take a break? Do I come back? Do I need to get more uh, energy in my tank so that I can try this again tomorrow? Like, it's just, you just move forward. Um, you know, could you, I'm <laughs> really, I'm not much of a gamer. I mean, the real game that I played growing up was Super Mario Brothers. So that's pretty much my entire reference um, other than Tetris, which is, you know, and puzzle games. But, um, you know, it's like, could you imagine if you took every fireball personally, like <laughs> one little point, little fireball comes out and you're just like, oh, this is just like the last fireball that came and like, oh, why is this always happening to me? And maybe I'm not meant to clear level two. Like, no, it's just such a waste of time. And we don't do that with games. But life can be seen through this lens. Concussions can be seen through this lens and dating can be seen through this lens. Everything can be seen through this lens if you want to. I find it really, really helpful. So there will be special pain all through your life. Um, if you're going to play the game, just play the game. Um, it really helps for me. I find this actually a very compassionate perspective because it doesn't mean that I'm not experiencing the pain of the fire and the dragon and the, you know, the brain injury. Um, it just means that I'm approaching it differently. It doesn't mean anything about who I am, right? So my invitation for you is to enjoy the special pain of <laughs> Just kidding now. <laughs> Enjoy the pain. Perhaps. Okay, I'm enjoying, <laughs> I'm inviting you to enjoy where you are right now. And, you know, I'm speaking to the single people, so that's what I mean. Enjoy being single. So what if this was a time not of lack, not of waiting, but a time of opportunities, and it is, all times are, but this is a really great time for opportunities to reinvent yourself. This is something that I, I'm fascinated by the idea. I think the world is fascinated by this idea. We love makeover shows. We love Queer Eye and that Marie Kondo's tidying up. Like we really love to see people, you know, uh, becoming more of who they are. At least this is how it's framed, right? Like it's not just taking some taking someone and making them wrong. It's like, oh, with just a few tweaks, we can bring out this new you. With a few tweaks, we can enhance the you that you are now because you've been, you know, dressing like or acting like the person that you were eight years ago. So it's almost like a like a snake shedding a skin, right? And um, that's what I love um, when it's like reinventing. It's really just sort of like, like shedding a, is there a skin to shed? Maybe you're not quite there yet, but 
but maybe there is, maybe there's a few of them. And it's just like, can I get a refreshment, you know? Um, I'm always blown away by how I feel after a haircut. I don't get them really, I don't know what often is, but I, you know, I like to get them <laughs> as needed, I guess, uh, depending on what I'm doing. Um, none of this is relevant. After I get a haircut, <laughs> I walk out of there and I'm like, it's, it might just be a tiny thing. It might just be a little shorter, just a basic trim. But if, uh, times in my life I've had, actually, I've had extreme haircuts in color. And it's like, wow, right? Like just this one little thing. And that's temporary. The hair is going to grow out. Um, you're going to have to get it cut again. But in that moment, it's like seeing yourself in this completely different shape. Suddenly, maybe if you you know shave your head, it's like, oh my God, that's what my head looks like. If you've never seen it before, it's just wild to see yourself that way. Uh, or if you're adding hair, getting extensions, it's like, whoo, like, what is this? You know, um, it can be such an amazing thing. And that's just hair, right? But I mean, like the, the feeling that it is, it's just instant, Um it's just so funny how one little change like that can make you feel like a different person, can make you walk like a different person and interact with the world in a different way. Um, to me, this is like all of the self-marriage work that I do. This is where like I feel that it's about like this constant reinvention of like myself as a person in love always person in love with herself and with life. And if I can continue to cultivate that, um, that being and that identity, it's like I interact with the world differently. The world interacts with me differently. These things are very powerful. So the opportunity here is not that you need any fixing or sprucing up. It's that I find it easier to reinvent yourself when you're single. Because here's the story. So I love the color. Well, I love all the colors and I'll go through phases, but definitely a consistent top color has been the, uh, the portion of the spectrum around turquoise, let's say. So like some aqua colors, some bright, rich teal, uh, really dense, saturated, gorgeous, um, blues, blues and greens. Right. And, um, I had a partner and we had been together for a while and we saw this woman walk down the street in this coat and it was the shade. It was like the most gorgeous freaking turquoise ever. And it, the coat was great, but it was really the color and she had dark hair and it just was like, oh, and I saw the coat and I'm like, oh my God, that looks amazing. And I pointed her out and I said, wow, like how beautiful is this woman? And he was like, yeah. And then I was like, it's that, that coat. And he said, I hate that color. <laughs> and now, you know, I didn't even consciously do it, but I completely left that color out for way too long after that. Not because he'd asked me to, not because I thought he needed me to, or that I felt like, you know, worried, like I needed to change. Like it wasn't even that, um, that obvious. It was just sort of like, well, like I like to create this dance. I want to, you know, if I was dressing up or buying a piece of clothing, um, you know, knowing that <laughs> it wasn't just a color that he didn't care for, but that he hated, I would remember that every time I'd be like, I'm wrapping myself up in something my partner hates. And I just chose not to do that. Um, it didn't feel like a sacrifice at the time. And that's the thing. It wasn't really a sacrifice when I wanted to wear turquoise. I bought it again. But that's how innocently these things can start. These compromises can start where you don't even notice because you're like, well, it doesn't really matter. But then sometimes it really does. In that case, the code, it was no big deal. But what if you do and maybe you can relate you make these little sacrifices, little bit by bit by bit, or you just feel a little less confident in suggesting that you decorate the living room turquoise because you know that they hate it, but like it's a room that, or it's a color that like just makes you feel incredible and like you really come alive. Um, you know, 
obviously these are problems that can be solved very easily. And that all makes sense when you're talking about a partnership. The point of this story is that it's so easy right now to do this. You don't have someone else having opinions, someone else that you live with and you're trying to build a life with. There's no opinions like that. It's just you right now. That is a beautiful place to be for you to get clear. You could get really clear the fact that you love the color turquoise. (laughs) And then should you partner with someone who hates turquoise, you can also get clear on like how big of a deal that is to you. And if it's not, you can make the conscious decision to just, you know, keep your turquoise outside of the house and that's all fine. The point is that you'd be clear. You know who you are, you know what you love, and then you make choices that make sense for you from a place of empowerment. Okay, so, so many ways to reinvent yourself. Consider what that might even be. Has it been a long time? Would it be something physical or would it be just trying on a completely different perspective? Like politics. (laughs) Are you someone who's like, huh, like I just like, I'm thinking about things differently. I'm looking at the world a little differently. But you know, if you're part of a partnership and the two of you kind of identify as being like associated with a particular party, um, it's just, it's not impossible. It's just more difficult to do when you have that partner. I find anyway, again, hashtag not all relationships, but So the opportunity to reinvent yourself. And speaking of relationships, there are lots of other kinds of relationships. So it's just funny that we even have this word single um, because it's only in relation to where you are. It's like identifying you in terms of like where you are in a romantic partnership. But we don't have words to identify people in terms of their family makeup or how big of a part of the community they are or whether or not they have pets like there's so many other relationships friends co-workers teammates bandmates a lot of other things that we don't have a title like if we're a part of it or not you know um but this is also a wonderful time to consider what other relationships do you have in your life that currently you have the resources to nourish If you're just coming out of a romantic partnership and maybe there was a lot of, you know, fighting and intensity towards the end, took a lot of your time and energy, your mental and emotional energy, where, what's opening up now? Are there friends you've been out of touch with? Are there new people in your life that you're curious about, but you just didn't really have the time to, you know, set up a coffee date or something with them? You know, have you been wanting to start a band and you just didn't because X, Y, Z, whatever, and now you have the time to do that? Or what about animals, either other people's animals, (laughs) wild animals, um, spending time with the birds in your city and learning about them, about like your local um, wildlife, or perhaps this is the time to get a pet that you've always wanted. Maybe you have that bandwidth and attention that maybe you didn't have before. Consider all of that, you know, like there's, uh, there might be people you just haven't spent that much time with in your own family. And, you know, what would it be like if you just invested a little more time, invited them, you know, for like, not, not just for the big, like expected events, special occasions and such. Um, I want to tell you a story. This is about whether or not you even want to be with anybody. So there's this person that I know who is one of the most talented, incredible um, artists that I know. And they have lived their life um, also, you know, like me growing up hearing when you get married, when you have kids, blah, 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 all the expectations, right? And all of their friends did the same thing, right? Like even all the other people who were also artists, musicians, whatever, they're all doing the thing. They all were like dating, finding partners, getting married or common law or whatever. And so this person was doing the same thing. And at some point, um, it just became kind of clear that actually they just didn't really want this, but they didn't stop themselves. Um... And I believe it was because 
They felt like they were supposed to want these things. You know, but their art was really the number one marriage and commitment in their life. They're like everything about them, like living, breathing was like their creation, their art form. And it was so beautiful to witness that. And any of these other things like relationship commitments and what other people were expecting uh, would interfere. Like he would get into a relationship, it would go a certain pace, and then it would at some point feel like he had to make a choice between really giving his art everything he wanted or, you know, doing the things he's supposed to do as a good partner to someone else. And it was only until like much, much later where it was like, you know, have you ever considered just saying no, like just deciding that you're not going to partner with anybody, that this is actually an option that you can have? You know, and I think what was like, it's not even about what anyone else thinks. You're the only one who has that answer. You might have a calling that's just going to take you somewhere else where, you know, the effort in maintaining a relationship um, of that kind, like a committed romantic partnership, um, it just doesn't interest you. And that's okay. But I think what's like the story of this particular artist just like really pulls at my heart because I just wonder what would happen if they freed themselves and just made that commitment, like to actually make the decision and let go of that in-between place of thinking they should, thinking they should, and not really giving it over. Would there be joy in really giving it over and just deciding not to bother? Maybe you can relate to this. And I think why I'm sharing this with you is that it's not, at least it doesn't seem, a very popular choice. And it's definitely something that you have to defend because so many people in your life, in your culture, are expecting and wanting for you. They probably try to set you up with people. They want you to be partnered. It doesn't matter what they want. And just because you've been hearing these messages over and over again, that doesn't mean that they're true for you. That doesn't mean that it's right for you. You can make other choices. Being single right now is where you can contemplate what you actually want, if you actually want it. Expanding on this, another opportunity for this time is that there's so much that you can do in developing yourself, like so much exploration of the self, so much learning. This is a wonderful time to cultivate deep habits. You know, I am, (laughs) I've spoken with many people who have, uh, you know, certain kinds of practices, say a morning routine or a meditation routine. And then when they start partnering, it's like, oh, crap, that's like it interferes somehow. And like, it's just this, it's takes some time uh, to, to harmonize their, you know, single practices when they had all the time in the world without explaining it to anyone uh, to line that up with someone if they're cohabitating. Um, But I mean, the habits are so beneficial. The habit of waking up and meditating, the habit of going to like an early yoga class, the habit of learning something. You know, is there a sport, (laughs) a skill, a time demanding hobby, like woodworking, weightlifting, maybe a language or an instrument, something that you've always wanted to learn. I've started taking um, pottery classes as part of my healing game, my super better game. Um, It's equally challenging and soothing. I feel like I found a a sweet spot in pottery. (laughs) We'll see. I've only had two classes. But today... um, There was someone in the room working on the wheel. We were learning the wheel. And there was someone there who was just like a total pro. And of course, all the newbies who are just like barely getting their clay centered were looking at this person and just asking like, how long have you been doing this for? And, um, you know, and she just said, you know, it was like, you know, if you really want to get great at this. You just have to do it more often. You need to do it every day or, you know, as often as you can to get to that level that she was at. And um, yeah, like dabbling once a week or every two weeks. It's like you're just not going to build the skill in the same amount of time. Because uh, so much of it is muscle memory. So, you know, what is it that you would like to learn? 
that would really benefit from you devoting yourself, from you giving this time. You know, maybe it's climbing, maybe it's writing, uh, maybe it's uh, some form of meditation practice, breath work. Maybe there's something that you've been really wanting to heal and felt like life was busy and there was never any space for it. Maybe this is the time to make some space for healing. It also could be a great time to go back to school. Is there a certification that you've been wanting? Is this like, oh, I'm going to sign up for like a year or two of like lots of homework and lots of commitments? Um, Is this a great time to consider that? Something you also might want to learn is the tarot. This episode and every episode of the Soft Shoulder Podcast is brought to you by Tech Coven. I was thinking about the hermit card today. (laughs) Well, thinking about this idea of being single, that there is just some, there is a very powerful, uh, the hermit, I think, is like, there are just some times where that's what you need to do. You need to retreat. You need to go alone um, and and have that space away from outside things. And I think that the uh, the gifts of the hermit card could definitely be gifts in this time of being single. Um, but what do I know? Allison Tarr knows so much more than I do. Um, at techcoven.com, is there a better time to have a tarot reading than right now? Probably sounds like a great time. Um, you can get direction. There's so many opportunities I'm inviting you to consider. Maybe you want some direction in terms of like how to spend this time of being unattached, footloose and fancy free. You can ask specific questions to Allison. You can also choose the tarot deck that you want her to use. I believe there are three of them so far. And you can do all of that at techcoven.com. Okay, so all this like, hey, reinvent yourself. Being single is great. Yeah, sounds so fun. And you might be asking yourself, why am I having such a hard time getting excited? Like I hear Danette going on about climbing and tarot and like tidying up and whatever. And I just don't care because I am sad about being single. That just might be your experience right now. And I want to say with so much compassion that I understand that. I really do. There's lots of places where we might be getting that message And you might really in your heart want a partnership and want to share and want to have that kind of experience. And right now you just don't know when that's going to happen. And that can be really hard to not know. So, you know, sometimes, you know, like when you hear all these ideas, like, yeah, I could take a knitting class, I could do this. It sort of feels like if you still have that perspective in your mind that you don't really want to be here, right? You really want to be somewhere else. It can, then the knitting class becomes all right, fine, I guess I'll do this. And I'm doing this because I'm single and I don't want to be. So then knitting is associated with being stuck in this shitty place, (laughs) right? Um, That's how that's going to work. You're going to associate it like that. You know, I think too, like if you, um, yeah, well, we'll just leave it there. (laughs) There's more to cover. Um, So I want to just address this, address this mindset shift here. So first of all, if this is you and you're like, yeah, I was wondering what's up with this. I'm just not getting inspired. I see you. I hear you. I'm sending you tons of compassion. And I want you to give yourself that compassion as well. It's fine. There's no problem. There's no problem with you feeling this way. It's totally fine. You deserve love and mercy. It is completely understandable that you might be lonely and wanting something else and that it doesn't feel good. That's fine. So while you're taking, considering taking, you know, pottery or whatever, a course or, you know, learning a language or doing something else with your time, what I want to invite you to shift is that your feelings are valid and fine and that the course or the opportunity, the reinvention, you're not doing this instead of being in a relationship. You're not giving up. You can still have that desire for a relationship. It's not like, oh, here I am bird watching and knitting and pottery, but I don't really want to do this. I just want to be like having great sex with my new lover and like planning our future together. <laughs> that might be where you're thinking. Um, 
these activities, these opportunities, they're not instead of that. It's not a distraction until you find the one. This, dear listener, this is your life seeking expression. And this is you trusting that you can have a romantic relationship. What if you trusted this so much that you weren't worried about it? I am not worried about whether or not the sun's going to come out tomorrow because I trust that it's going to. So that's not something that I'm concerned with. It's just not on my mind at all, right? So just consider that there is purpose to this, right? That you spending your time exploring, even you feeling awkward, even the experience of you feeling uncomfortable and annoyed, be with that. Enjoy this. What can you learn from this now? If you do want a partner and you're very sure about that, you're like, I'm not that artist who wants to like marry their, you know, oil paintings or whatever. I do want a partner, Danette. I really do. Okay. So this is a wonderful opportunity to learn from the past instead of recreating it. Look at the past in terms of your relationships or, you know, lack of relationships. What has been the pattern for you? This is a great time to read and reflect. There are a billion, maybe, (laughs) is that accurate? Um, No, (laughs) you don't get accuracy so much on this podcast as like poetic truth. But there are many, many, many books on relationships, on healing, on mindset, on whatever personal growth you feel called to. What has been going wrong? Where have you been repeated? Where are you? What lesson are you bored of when it comes to dating and relationships? This is great. You've got this moment in time where you can tidy it up, clean it up, learn about it, change it. You can do so much with this. Be really conscious about it. Um, It's a great time to study that. I know (laughs) I am a personal growth nerd. I get so excited about doing this kind of work. Maybe for you, this is new. Maybe it just never even occurred to you. Or maybe you think that self-help is for losers. I don't. I love the self-help section. I love all of these books. Whatever resonates with you. That's, that's all you need to go with. There's so many of them. Don't worry about whether one's right or wrong. Go with where it resonates. Okay. It's also a good time so you could be healing your own past just to, so that you have a better chance of not reproducing the same patterns. Or if you feel like, you know what, I'm pretty good. <laughs> no healing to do there. Then you can just get really clear about what you're looking for right? Like, what are you looking for in the next relationship? What, what are you looking for that is different? What are you ready for now? Who are you now? And what relationship do you want to attract? Do you want to call in? You know, that expression, uh, measure twice, cut once. <laughs> you measure once, you cut it. It's just a so much more work after you've chopped something off and measured it incorrectly measuring it twice. So this is where you can just measure twice in terms of getting really clear about what it is that you, uh, that your time is worth. Like, how do you want to approach this? What are deal breakers? What are you holding out for? What are you curious about? What are you willing to give now that you weren't willing to give before? This time of getting clear about what you want in your future relationship, it's so powerful. I have had, and I did not tell them to do this, but I have had many clients and workshop participants uh, just decide on their own to take some kind of period of celibacy or uh, a dating free period of time for like upwards of like a year or indefinite, sometimes uh, with a clause that they can revisit every three months (laughs) to see if they want to renew that celibacy um, with their own parameters around what that means. Um, with the intention of just removing the noise, removing the temptations, removing the distractions that are so readily available, and just to see what it's like, to see what it's like to not be always looking for that other half, 
for so many people, this is new experience. They've never had this time to just see what it's like to just plan your life, plan your holidays, plan your all your seasons without feeling like anything's missing, without filling any hole. These are really transformative times. And of course, you know, this is not the point, but often when you take those breaks, it's really interesting to see how attractive you become to others because confidence is attractive. Um someone with a strong sense of self. Um, They're filling up that space. They're filling up that space and radiating who they are. And other people might start to notice. But the real challenge comes in then. It's just like, okay, and (laughs) that's great. People can give you attention. You don't have to jump at it every time if that's your pattern, right? So especially if that's your pattern to be a serial monogamist or to constantly be dating all the time. This is a very powerful practice that I have seen amazing results from. Um, Just very deep, beautiful self-love shifts in the people I know who have done this. And then when you decide that you might start looking again, there's this, that sense of groundedness, that sense of self. And then when people start coming along, expressing interest, the difference is that they knew who they were. They knew where their center was. They would notice somebody, you know, flitting about, flirting around, fanning their feathers, whatever people do, and they could check in with themselves and see how they felt and respond rather than react, right? It's trusting. It's trusting you and it's trusting the whole unfolding of your life here. So, you know, maybe a year of celibacy feels really daunting to you. Give yourself a deadline that feels good. Give yourself a deadline that feels challenging, but um, like in a fun way, something that you like you might be able to achieve it. (laughs) Do you ever notice that when you're traveling, I don't know if you've ever done this, um, if you're ever like, I don't know, traveling solo, do you ever go backpacking? Um, When you are with a person, another person, like a travel buddy, you will meet such so many fewer people. Obviously, this depends on if you're a super outgoing person, but when you're traveling alone, the opportunities really open themselves up. You're in positions where you're maybe more vulnerable and forced to open up, um, but also you might be just sort of like, it's just sort of easier. I don't know. I remember just like in brief times when I would be on a train and if I was with people, um, you know, we didn't meet many other people, but when I was alone, it would be... uh, Yeah, just these like small little conversations, uh, people offering to share something with you, whatever. And it was just, it's really neat to see what opens up when you make space for it. So another invitation, another opportunity for this time period is, it's a little less sexy, but I think there'll be some nerds or Capricorns, Virgos um, who really dig this part. But (laughs) what do you want to get in order Is there something that's kind of dull and daunting in your life that's just like a really big project that would feel really good to do? And like, you know, what if you took all of this energy and attention that you've been pouring into maybe fear or worry about dating and scarcity, and instead you gave something else your focus, like, um, you know, uh, I'm thinking again about tidying. So have you ever wanted to like really downsize? Um, to really uh, practice, you know, uh, limiting your waste, like those people who like go like a year without producing garbage or something like that. Again, that is something that if you want to do it, it'll be much easier for you to do solo than to try to convince someone else to join you who's living with you. Um, You know, maybe it's just some paperwork. Maybe there's just some some stuff around your finances, your career that you're just like, I really just want to get this solid. I want to just like put my nose to the grindstone. I want to like really do some like fun, earthy work and get myself somewhere new. Um, What might that be? What is the story that you want to be telling on a first date that feels good sometime in the future? Like what would you be really proud of having, you know, tackled this year um and like if you can imagine that future you on a date that you may that want to be on later um what would you be really proud to be sharing and what if that story would be totally worth it also 
no matter if you have a date or not. What would change if you changed how you see this time in your life? This is another one of my favorite um, ways to kind of shift my perspective. So if it feels like forever, I've been single forever, I might be single forever, and like some fairy, you know, genie creature (laughs) comes and they can tell you the future and they can tell you exactly. They're like, okay, you know what, listener, actually... Yeah, you're going to be single for like another two years, maybe three, and then you're going to meet this person, and then that's it. It's like joined at the hip till you die. Uh, Long, 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 long life, and it's, you know, but you'll be together, together, together. If you knew that was a guarantee, let's just imagine this, right? That means not that like, you know, you could go basically from going, oh my God, another two or three years, that seems like forever. But if you look at from this other perspective of like, yeah, it's two, three years and then something happens and then like you're joined at the hip forever. um, That's just two or three years. Suddenly that time in the big timeline of your life, it's a blip. And what a precious time that is. Like if you knew that it's like, say you live alone, Uh, or with roommates that you just like really enjoy and you knew that like you only had two more years and that would be it you would never have this experience again of having like I don't know your bedroom decorated just completely how you love it Um, having all of that space and quiet how you love it inviting all different kinds of people over whatever it is that you like to do in your space however it is that you like to have your time uh opting out of holidays or not, whatever. There's just like, whatever it is that you're doing, that's it, two or three years. Two or three years of freedom and possibility and of not knowing. The beauty all of a sudden of not knowing. How would you look back on this time in a romantic way and go like, wow, before I met so-and-so, this really super cool, awesome love of my life who, you know, allows me to be a fully <laughs> expressed person in the world. But... Man, there were those years just before that. This is that time. What would it be like to live as if that were always true? We don't know what the future holds, but we often imagine that it's going to be miserable. So why not imagine that it's going to be wonderful and that this time is precious? Because you know what? That is always true. I hope that I have helped you shift just a little bit. If you were feeling kind of like a little dull, a little lackluster about your single status. But when we change how we see things, we change everything. All you need to do is change how you see this time in your life. Do what feels good. Do something now that your future self is going to thank you for what would that be? Um, you know, uh, Nuit Blanche, I may have mentioned this story before. I'm a big fan of repetition and of not apologizing when I have a memory gap. <laughs> That's a new gift for my concussions. Like, I'm not apologizing. If I'm repeating the story, there's a reason. Um, Nuit Blanche, this like all night art exhibit all through the city, right? Art popping up everywhere, cars off the streets, people up all night wandering around to see art, installations. You just never know what you're going to see. My favorite part of Nuit Blanche, I have not been there in a long time, but my favorite part was not the artwork, but the people. Because I would love to watch people walk around with new eyes. I love watching people look at a phone booth or a like a fire hydrant that has graffiti on it and they're not sure if they're supposed to be looking at it or not they're not sure if it's supposed to be art or not that moment of pause to me is everything it delights me to the core they're looking at the world through the eyes of what if this is beautiful what if this is meaningful what changes when I see it through these eyes to me, that is the biggest gift of Nuit Blanche is like the people who mistake other <laughs> regular everyday objects for art. Because what would it be like if you spent your whole life looking at the world that way? What if you looked at yourself that way? 
The truth is, it doesn't matter what the answer is. It doesn't matter if the telephone booth is art or not. What matters is the experience of looking at it as though it were. What if you lived like this time being single was valuable, worth stopping and pausing to admire? What if this was rich with opportunity, precious and liberating, a time of being creatively alive and free? What would change if you lived like that? Look for the truth that you want to see. You will find evidence. If you decide that being single is a parade of humiliation, you will find evidence for that. If you decide that being single is relaxing and spacious, you will find evidence for that too. So choose the truth that you wish to see. Look at this time as precious, wonderful art, limited. What are you going to do with this time? You are someone worth loving, single, partnered, a mix somewhere in between. You are someone worth loving and it all starts with you. Thank you so much for being here. And um, as always, take good care of you. 